Hello and welcome. It's Friday, the 10th of April, 2020, and we're back with episode 146 as we kick off the, what, the fourth week, I think, of lockdown, shelter-in-place, quarantine, whatever it's called here in the SF Bay Area. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe, staying home. A quick apology for missing so many episodes lately. The primary issue, and this effect, this especially affects why there have been no guests lately on the show, is because, well, ever since work from home began uh, almost four weeks ago, we've basically had our internet reduced to zero. Yeah, so we get internet through Comcast Xfinity Cable here in the SF Bay Area, and basically it's slowed to a crawl. It's pretty binary. It's either there or it's not, and it's usually not, which wouldn't be much of an issue for standalone news episodes. But the other issue with in light of COVID has been the lack of really legitimately newsworthy stuff. Remember, I never wanted this podcast to be me just sort of regurgitating the news. It had to be legitimately interesting stuff, which warranted really in-depth conversation, a proper discussion, or as I often said, if I can't really debate it with myself, then it's probably not worth discussing at all. But the issue with guests is, well, since the internet connection has been so unreliable, I can't really have a two-way conversation with any of the online platforms like Zencast or whatever else there is. Uh, Even the backup plan, which is to use the Anchor app on my iPhone, well, even that's not done very well. I've tried this several times, wasted a ton of people's time, including my own, and so we've just agreed to kind of delay things until the uh, connectivity improves. So that's what's going on there. Um, But here we are today because I do want to discuss a few things worthy of mention, especially in light of COVID. I'll get to those three topics in a moment. But first, just a quick reminder, if you're a fan of this podcast, please continue to leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. And coming up on May 7th, uh, I'm really thrilled to announce that one of my partners over at Hogan Co., Martin Adler. You've heard him on this podcast in the past. Well, we're putting on a webinar because what else are people doing these days? Am I right? Um, it's a webinar on May 7th. It runs from 10 a.m. until 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. It's titled Construction in the Era of Autonomous Mobility. And it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. If you're in the construction space defined quite broadly, or if you have even a passing interest in it, uh, Swing by our website, check it out, give it a read. If it sounds interesting, you can register now on Eventbrite. Head on over to hoagandco.com. That's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O.com or go to Eventbrite. And I think if you search for the keywords construction autonomous, that should pop it up at the top of your search results. All right, then why don't we dive in and get started? Because today, what have we got? COVID's impact on delivery and rideshare, testing and regulation. All this right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so I saw a thing today that apparently the city of Oakland across the bay from San Francisco, for those of you who don't know the area, Apparently, Oakland is shutting down some 75 miles of city streets to vehicle traffic, like all vehicle traffic, and instead 
they are opening up the roads to bicyclists and pedestrians. Obviously, the idea is that due to the current shelter-in-place mandate here throughout, well, all of California and so many places around the world in general, um, the idea is that all these roads are just being unused anyway, so why not make it safer for pedestrians and bicyclists to get around, right? So so here's the here's the idea is is that I mean everyone's walking and biking because again at least here in California you can't actually drive anywhere unless it's an essential need like groceries or doctors that kind of thing. And even for going for a walk or for exercise to parks and open spaces, you can't even drive to those. You can use what parks and open spaces are within walking or bicycling distance to your home, but you can't drive and park somewhere to use them. The idea is we just don't want people driving around, right? So, so therefore there's a lot more people biking and walking. Uh, and, and, but, 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 you know, there's obviously still a risk with that too. I mean, if you bike or walk next to somebody who's been infected, well, you could potentially get infected as well. And this vicious cycle just keeps going on and on and on. Uh, and so much for flattening the curve. Right. And so the idea is we want to make it easier for people to keep as much distance from one another as as possible right so so the idea by opening up all the all the city streets or i should say closing the city streets to vehicular traffic and opening them up only to pedestrian and bike traffic well that's a that's a pretty smart way to go about doing that i think and so it got me thinking right so you got all these unused roads and indeed freeways um so so why not actually use this as a time I know what a lot of you are thinking, uh, use it as a time for the road crew to go ahead and do all the necessary upgrades and improvements, construction work. Yeah, that too. But besides that, it's a great time for AV companies to start testing even more, right? I mean, unless there's something I'm missing and it's frustrating because you look at companies like Zooks, which have just been doing a great job and now suddenly they're la- they're laying off practically all their backup drivers and, you know, crews are likely doing the same and and I get it. I guess they're not considered essential businesses, so they can't be working. But surely there's got to be a way around this restriction insofar as, you know, you've got one backup driver in a car who's not interacting with anybody else. I don't really see how that's a health risk. I mean, I'm sure that there one could explain a way that this could be a health risk somehow. Like, okay, maybe the car crashes and it increases the likelihood of unnecessary medical – well, otherwise unnecessary medical care or accident response vehicles and this, that, the other. I get it. The idea is to just keep people off the streets. Fine. But, okay, well, what if we take this one step further? What if we allow AV testing without a backup driver, right? I mean, the the, the roads are basically desolate anyway or – do what Oakland have, has done and actually close off, officially close off all the streets to all vehicle traffic, or at least all but a few. And um, on all those streets, which are otherwise closed to traffic, yeah, allow at least short-term temporary AV testing. I mean, to me, this makes perfectly good sense, unless I'm missing something. I mean, I've often said a similar thing for for Market Street in downtown San Francisco, right? We've discussed this quite a bit. I'm not going to get into it again, but uh, basically Market Street, the main the main financial boulevard that cuts through the city diagonally. Uh, this was closed off to all vehicle traffic, not commercial trucks, taxis, delivery trucks, that kind of thing. But crucially, also cutting out rideshare vehicles like Uber and Lyft and certainly privately owned vehicles. And I've often said that now would be a great time to start testing AVs, at least on Market Street, at least on the, the bus lanes, right? I mean, but, but now you've got a situation where not only is nobody driving, I think I saw a metric that something like 30 to 50% reduction in vehicle traffic around the U.S. now. Uh, I don't know what those numbers are around the world. And so if you combine that with officially closing other roads, as Oakland has done, 
you, I could totally see a scenario where now AVs can be tested even without backup drivers, especially here in California where that is allowed uh, if you get the requisite uh, permissions. Um, and actually, as I talked about this out loud, why not just do this in Oakland? I mean, if San Francisco is not going to do it, then hey, Oakland, if anybody out there is listening, get on the ball. You've done a great job shutting down 75 miles of streets to vehicles generally. Maybe open up a couple of those here and there just for AV testing. I mean, I get it. It's going to be a relatively reduced set of data, driving just a few streets here and there. Fine, fair enough. And okay, admittedly, it's going to be a less challenging thing to test. No cars, no pedestrians really on those streets potentially. And so arguably that data may be less valuable, but I'm sure it's going to be, it's going to be more valuable than nothing, right? I think. So, so I don't know. That, that's just kind of my thought on testing. I mean, I feel like this would be like the optimal time to really get a ton of testing out there, and I just don't really see it happening. In fact, quite, quite the opposite. It's obviously going to, well, zero. So that's a bit frustrating. Uh, if there's something I've missed about this, do let me know. But I, I think I think that would just be great to take advantage of this time and start doing as much AV testing as possible. Uh, I mean, why not? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. And so we've talked about testing. So the other element to discuss then is delivery and ride sharing, right? So in, in light of my previous discussion on testing generally, isn't now the perfect time to start deploying as much in the way of AV delivery pods like Neuro? For those of you who don't know, first of all, Neuro, uh, they don't build passenger vehicles. They build sort of little delivery pods. I think they can do like 25 miles per hour. They can currently test only on streets with speed limits no higher than 35. Uh, the permit for which they're allowed to test covers... Uh, some of your Bay Area cities, including Atherton, East Palo Alto, Los Altos Hills, Los Altos, Menlo Park, Mountain View, Palo Alto, Sunnyvale, and Woodside. And by the way, I think their their vehicle, yeah, their their, their first vehicle is called R2, because of course. Um, so, and then if you take this to its logical next step, the question then becomes, well, what about ride sharing? So, I don't know about you, but I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable getting into an Uber or a Lyft right now. I mean, if you can avoid it, why would you do it? That just raises the risk profile for everybody. Yes, I get it. Uber and Lyft drivers need to keep working as much as they can. But of course, that's the horrible double-edged sword, I guess, right? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, if they don't keep driving and picking up fares, then obviously they don't make any income. Alternatively, if they continue to do this, they increase their risk of catching COVID potentially. So either way, it's like a terrible and a less terrible proposition, I suppose. I think there is a really strong argument, if only for the greater good, that suggests if we could start to fast track driverless AV ride sharing of sorts, at least in, again, certain areas, certain roads, you know, close down parts of cities and enable these roads just for driverless ride sharing. You know, let's think who comes to mind now who could probably pull this off. I think Waymo could probably do this. I think Cruz could definitely pull this off, I think. And and a neat side effect of all this, I think socially, and we've been seeing a little bit about this pop up in the news lately too, is this whole pandemic of COVID has made people realize that, yeah, gosh, actually having a truly driverless vehicle to pick me up and drop me off would be a hell of a lot better than the alternative, which is taking public transit, which is mostly shut down around the world anyway, 
or the alternative, which is human-driven ride-sharing, which is, again, a bit scary for all the aforementioned obvious reasons. Again, this is all about lowering everybody's risk profile, if not for ourselves, then for others. I mean, look, either way, there's going to be loss of something, right? We're either going to lose lives or we're going to lose jobs. So with respect to Uber and Lyft drivers, unless I'm missing something, of course, um, I don't want any of them to lose their jobs. On the other hand, I'm sure none of them, none of us, I certainly don't want them to lose their lives or their health either. I mean, you've got to prioritize one thing over the other, right? So at least if there were the option, what if, I don't know, I'm totally just thinking out loud right now, but what if, say, Waymo or Cruise were somehow able to develop a, they would effectively give Lyft or Uber drivers the chance to buy those vehicles. Suppose I drive my own vehicle for Uber, Uh, but now I have the chance to buy or finance, I suppose, or even lease uh, a vehicle, say uh, a cruise Chevy Bolt or a Waymo, right? A Waymo one minivan. And, and so now this is effectively mine for all intents and purposes, and I can allow it to go out there and pick up passengers and drop them off. Why not allow the, the owners of these vehicles to collect the cash themselves? Anyway, but yeah, I think, I think delivery and ride sharing generally, these are things that we should start to see really start to pick up in a certain way. And I think that would just be fantastic. If anybody has any insights to share on this, please do reach out to me and let's discuss it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, finally today, let's talk about regulations. So somewhat coincidentally, in light of the previous two topics, um, there have been some there's been a little bit of forward momentum with respect to AV regulations, specifically regulations that should help make it easier to fast track testing and deployment. NHTSA has currently currently just issued its first proposal to, well, actually they've officially titled it as NHTSA issues first ever proposal to modernize occupant protection safety standards for vehicles without manual controls. Basically they're trying to recognize that in an era of AVs generally, there's going to be a lot of sort of, anachronistic or obsolete requirements that just won't apply by definition to a future of AVs. So one example is something like uh, a steering wheel, right, for instance. So it's 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 counterproductive to the testing and deployment of AVs to mandate that all cars have a steering wheel. And so these regulations kind of go in that direction saying, you know, that, that at least allow for the removal of a steering wheel in certain conditions. These regulations, just to be clear, are not, they're not on their own, making it easier to test and deploy, you know, they don't allow the circum the circumvention of any other sort of restrictions. But what they do is they open the door to make it easier to validate a vehicle once it is uh, effectively a level four or level five vehicle. So, so I guess to put this a different sort of a way, suppose that there were a level five vehicle ready for deployment on public roads, meaning it didn't even have a steering wheel. Well, even if it was otherwise perfect, the current regulations as they stand would not allow that because a vehicle needs to have a steering wheel. Well, now this steering wheel could effectively be removed. That's allowed, provided that all the other necessary conditions are met. Uh, so in this respect, then, these regulations really kind of are a nice step in that direction. And similarly, the Underwriters Laboratory just published UL4600, which is 
standardizing everything about AVs generally. Um, in particular, the various sections in the UL 4600 standard include, for instance, issues of dependability, including fault detection and mitigation, data and networking, communications and storage, the verification and validation and testing for the methods and safety case updates, tool qualifications, lifecycle concerns, maintenance and inspection, metrics and safety performance indicators, and the assessment of conformance, independent assessment, and prompt element feedback. I'm just reading from their from their brief here. But the, the point is, is, if this all sounds at all vaguely familiar, it's because I'm really happy to see this, right? This is all kind of going in the direction that I've talked about forever, which is basically the need to fast track a set of uh, frameworks and standards and regulations. And what I especially like, I mean, so, so on the one hand, I like the NHTSA proposal, right? That, that's kind of nice to kind of relax regular uh, requirements for road vehicles. But what's neat about this UL 4600 standard is the fact that it goes one step further with respect to verification, validation, and testing. And this is really important because remember what I've suggested many times in the past with respect to the need to eventually have an FAVA, a Federal Autonomous Vehicle Administration, at least here in the US and elsewhere in the world, uh, similar organizations, because we do need to have a set of standards. Again, it comes back to this old question of, you know, LIDAR versus uh, camera vision. And frankly, who cares? Nobody cares what your headlights are made out of as long as they conform to the requirements. They don't blind oncoming uh, traffic. They're a certain part of the color spectrum. They have a certain range and they have a certain width. You know, they don't sparkle and flicker. And other than that, nobody cares what they're made out of. They just have to conform to the requirements. And so I think something like the UL 4600 standard is an incredibly, you know, compelling step in that right direction. You combine this with the NHTSA proposal to relax regulations for AVs. And this is a really nice uh, couple of steps in the right direction. So I think it's a pretty neat coincidence this is occurring right now in the midst of COVID. Because again, looking at the previous conversation we just had about testing and delivery and ride sharing generally, I think this all comes together quite neatly. We could see this otherwise horrible time in human history, um, fortunately lead to, well, as I always say, there's going to be a few silver linings and this could be one of them. This could be the sort of catalyst to really uh, accelerate AV testing and deployment generally. But but yeah, so if indeed uh, this can be fast-tracked because of this virus, then so much the better. Anyway, um, that's all I've got on that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It is the weekend. It is also Easter for many of you in the world. So wherever you are, and if you celebrate, I wish you a very happy Easter indeed. And we will be back here hopefully next week. I do hope so. So uh, thanks very much for listening. Again, stay safe, stay well, stay home. See you next week. Bye-bye.